Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Dan Marino. Hi, Ryan Tannehill from the Dolphins here. Hi, this is Larry Zonka. This is Mark Super Duper. I'm John Offerdahl. This is Paul Warfield. Hi, this is Nick Bonacani. This is Jake Scott. Gary Premian. Dick Anderson. Larry Little. Tom Vigorito. Don Nottingham. Otto Stowe. Mike Colon. Doug Kruzan from the 1972 undefeated Miami Dolphins. This is Marlon the Magician Briscoe. I'm Jim Crash Jensen. This is Don Shuler, and I listen to the Pascatello Show. It's the Miami Dolphins Legend Show with Pat Catello. Join us now as we talk Dolphin football or call in live with your questions or comments. And now here's your host, Pat Catello. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Miami Dolphins Legend Show. I'm your host, Pat Catello. I will be joined shortly uh, alongside Rich Van Zandt as the uh, Miami Dolphins play their second game of the NFL season, and it's a doozy, all right. Uh, the Miami Dolphins get shellacked 20-6 to uh, against the New York Jets in MetLife Stadium, New Jersey, on a very, very hot day. And uh, you would have thought that the New York Jets were the team that comes from the tropical area because the Miami Dolphins were just manhandled. No other way to put it, as they were basically shut out uh, until they scored a, quote, garbage touchdown with on the last play of the game. And uh, even that was uh, anticlimactic as... Uh, Cody uh, Parkey came and missed the extra point after that. So 20-6, to the Miami Dolphins lose, uh, and just a horrendous effort. In fact, you could take this. Uh, once a year, they seem to have a real stinkeroo, and, and this one will go right up there. Um, Jets scored 20 points, and usually you'll have it, uh, you know, a little bit higher on the opposing team when they really lay an egg. But uh, I would put this one up there because they just seem to be inept. Um, I wouldn't say the defense was completely inept. Um, they did some good stuff. I wouldn't say good stuff even. I mean, they just did enough, you know, to maintain and eventually wore down and, and, and the Jets' offense was able to put some points on the board. Miami Dolphins' offense, completely inept. Jay Cutler had one of those Jay Cutler moments, which you've been hearing about um, for the last few weeks for anybody who was not familiar with him, and then you have the two sides weighing in on whether or not Jay Cutler should have been uh, the Miami Dolphins pick. Well, this was the opposite end of the spectrum from what you've been hearing. There's, of course, the when Jay Cutler can play, he plays. Um, and then when he has one of those games, this was one of them. Uh, he was just inefficient in every avenue that you can possibly imagine. Um, inaccurate reading uh, the defense, I would say too much, um, just checking off, signaling, audibling. It just looked like he didn't know what was going on out there. Uh, at one point in the game, I saw Jarvis Landry uh, physically disgusted with him and the Dolphins' offense and just waving his hand and taking himself out of out of the game after a play where he was wide open and wasn't even looked at. Um, looking at the receivers uh, there was receivers open there's no doubt about it he just didn't see them or he was inaccurate I don't know if I put it all on Jay Cutler though um, I thought that there was many facets of the offense that were not working well the offensive line although Jay Cutler was not sacked a bunch and he, he maybe was not uh, ransacked pressure wise uh, they could not run the ball a lick, uh, a, a lick. and um, you know Jay Ajayi obviously had a terrible game. I think he had 11 attempts for 16 yards, and uh, I, I just think that there was nothing there for him. Even if he was, you know, going to ramble something off, there there was just no holes. They seemed to be in the backfield before. He even got the ball or right after it, and, and, and you have to blame the offensive line there. Um, I've seen missed blocks all over the place, especially, you know, our tight ends seem to be missing every every run block imaginable. And then there was receivers dropping balls as well. Stills 
uh, dropped a few, and, and, and Landry dropped two or three balls himself. Albeit they were not like big plays. They were, you know, plays that probably would have come up short of the first down. But uh, uh, just in general, there's a terrible effort. And special teams, no um, no break there as well. Uh, Grant had his typical fumble that was recovered by himself. And uh, Hack just had a terrible day punting and and. That just brings up a lot of questions as well as as what the Dolphins are doing. Of course, they cut Matt Darr um, right before the season started, who you know is, in my opinion, was is a very adequate punter. And uh, so that's what we have. So without further ado, let me welcome in my partner in crime, Rich, to the show. Uh, Rich, does that about sum it up from what you saw? Or I'm sure you have uh, some other takes on it. Yeah, I think the only thing you let off the hook was Gaze. I think he did a terrible job getting this team ready for the, you know, for the game. You know, I know he he called the offense garbage, but he's the one that's calling the plays. Yeah, you know, I buy that. I mean, yeah, the, the offensive line is terrible, but uh, I, like again, I don't really, I don't really see the, you know, where this guy's considered a guru of offense. I, I, I didn't see it in Chicago, and now it's you know into year two of this regime, and you know. I just don't think this offensive has gotten any better over the last two years. I mean, well, I think it's a real rest. I don't see this well, being some kind I mean, look, we scored 19 points last week. We scored six this week. It's inept. Well, let me, let me just pop in here and just to kind of counter what you just said. I think I have seen improvements on it, but I saw improvements on it when Ryan Tannehill was the quarterback. I've seen a lot of improvements in him. And he got hurt, and I've seen Matt Moore being able to do some things. This year, no, but it's a little unfair because we don't know what you have. You have a quarterback in Jay Cutler who's never been there before. So, you know, you, you got this learning curve. You don't know where it stands. But well, it's, it's his you know, system. It's he, he's played with gays. They're supposedly was supposed to not miss a beat. And, and they, they, it looks like they don't even know each other. Well, what it looks with, like with all these, I don't. Did you ever see Jay Cutler throw the ball three yards before? How how long? Three yards. Have you ever seen Jay Cutler when he was with Chicago? Did you see him throw the ball three yards when he needed six? I didn't see any of that. What, what's with the little dump off passes? What are they dumping the ball to the tight end over and over again to get nothing? Yeah, well, I certainly I have seen the, that. What's with I, the, I did see the that. The wide receiver but... screens and their and their tight end screens are just ridiculous. It's over and over again. It gets nothing. But I saw other passes that he was throwing stuff out there, and and he was just extremely inaccurate. You know, um, uh, uh, I think that if you if you look at his te- his technique looks very off. He's been very inaccurate. He was very inaccurate in San Diego as well. But you chalk that off the first game, and a couple guys picked him up. Uh, one Devonte Parker with that catch, which would have been intercepted. But if you look at his technique, and Damon had pointed out as well, my son Damon, his footwork was terrible. His footwork is really the reason why. All those throws were off his back foot, not set, sailing high. He had receivers open, and when he did throw, he wasn't even close. And then you saw him roll out, and there was guys that were open, and he's throwing across his body to the other side. And, uh, you know, just... um, Inaccurate. I, I mean, it really was a terrible day for him. But more important yeah, than that, every that, that play box, clock agree, went down to I zero. I agree that, too. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, he was definitely – how many delayed penalties and timeouts? Well, that, that's the thing. Play? I mean, in a yeah, row. I, it's, I don't know what yeah. he was looking for. I mean, you, you have a play. No, he know. comes out, he has a play. And, and you're looking, and I guess you're, you're seeing something. But it seemed like every time he was coming out there, he was either audibling or seeing something that he didn't like. Well, there was a timeout called, and then he still got to delay a game on the next play. Yeah, I, I, he looked confused is what he yeah. looked like. I think that's the word we're looking for. He looked confused. He seemed like he was coming out, and whatever he was seeing was not what he was expecting. He was looking again, around the field ten with, times. What is with all the two-yard, three-yard passes? What is the point of that? What the hell is that? I, th- there's a couple ways of looking at it. I mean, I think that they might be checkoffs. That might not be the play. That might be what the play is supposed to be when, you know, three guys in a tight end are covered. I, I don't know. I think that might be a lot of him just dumping the ball. But it's a lot of but a lot of times it's like why is Landry not going out for a pass? Why is he running two yards and turning around and waiting for the ball? 
or is he, he's crossing, he's running down the line of scrimmage. What's the point of this? Well, I think the Dolphins have a tendency to think that they can get their the, the ball to their wide receivers, um, specifically Landry and, and, and that, quickly, and then these guys are going to take off for 14, 16 yards. And we've been watching this team long enough to know that doesn't happen. They run a four-yard no. pass play, and they get four yards. Yeah. The, 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 uh, the yardage after the catch, our receivers are all – I mean, this year it's non-existent, but it's been awful for the decade. Yeah, well, certainly for, you know, the last few it has, yeah. And and uh, I think that's the mentality that they have is that they can, you know, d- get themselves out of jams, I guess is the way to put it. But it doesn't seem to be working at all, and it hasn't worked for a while. No, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. So, you know, with, with, with that being said, I think that, you know, yeah, you do have to put a lot of – emphasis on the coaching staff and, you know, and, and, and Gase. But let, let me say something. I, I saw this as well, and I think you're going to see this more. I'm starting to see dissension in the Miami Dolphins, and I think that there are, is, is a pretty big constituency that think that Matt Moore should have been the starter on this team. And when Jay Cutler came in, I think there was guys that were probably a little bit sour about it. And I think that, you know, it, it, the, the worse that he plays, the more you're going to see that, the more evident it's going to be and the more problems you're going to have. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, I, you know, I, I, didn't hear, I didn't hear Matt Moore's name mentioned once this week. You know, well, I guess they're worried about going to England now, right? They're going to meet the Queen this week, right? That's, that's probably the major concern, right? Well, you, when you say you didn't hear Matt Moore's name, and I, I, I did catch the sarcasm. I'm just moving on. Uh, when yeah. you hear Matt Moore's <laughs> name, what you know, like wh- who's going to say it? I mean, nobody's going to say it at this point. You're in game two. You won game one. I'm just saying, I think there's a lot of people there that were not happy necessarily with him coming well, I in. Wasn't and I wasn't ecstatic about it. I, th- I thought the kid should have had a chance to win the job. I don't, I don't like the fact that you bring somebody in from the outside and this is the guy that got you in the playoffs last year, and he doesn't even have a chance. You know, that's what I don't like. I'm okay with it in the sense that, you know, I don't know that Matt Moore would have lasted 16 games and all that, but I think that what you're seeing is when it's not working or when, you know, Cutler's looking kind of inept, I think you're going to start to see the problems arise more. I think Landry, I'll call out a name. I think Landry is, is, is really unhappy with this right now. He's obviously not the top well, receiver in Cutler's mind. Well, yeah, obviously, because he keeps trying to force the ball into, into, into the, uh, Parker all the time. And we talked about you this know? last week. There's a reason why, yeah. because Parker's tall, and he goes up and he right. grabs it, and it's 50-50. So he's, yes. he's making him look better. He's an inaccurate quarterback, and that's you know right. making him look better. But even that's not going to work all the time, and it didn't work at all yesterday. No. No, there's, there's a lot of problems here, and you know, you know, let's go back to you know some of some of the issues on this offense. I mean, right, yeah. the offensive line looks as inept as as ever. You know, like I said, it really the problems weren't really addressed in the off season. Tunzo doesn't look like he handled the left tackle position. I mean, he blew like three tackle, three blocks yesterday that like blew plays up. You know, not sold on him whatsoever. I, I mean, uh, the rest of the line, the right side's playing awful. It just seems okay, that any time they try to run right, it just gets blown up. You know, all right, let's stop there. Kids, yeah, yeah, sure. Let, let, let's start there. Okay, let, let's uh, let's address both of those issues. I think you're right. I think just because, and we talked about this last week too, just because tackle uh, is, is Tunzel's natural position doesn't mean that he may not be better as guard, which he played in his rookie yeah. year. Obviously, it's a different position. You're not facing the defensive ends, and he does seem to be struggling there. It's not like yeah. all-out struggling where he's just getting dominated and you immediately got to make a change. But from the same token, I, he does not look really solid there. And maybe you, in the future, maybe you want to look for a tackle and look to move him back into guard. Guard, rather than look for a guard and you know keep him out there, you know. So yeah, he I think you got something like there. His, he doesn't seem like as he goes into his pass blocking routine, as he takes the first step backwards, 
He doesn't yeah. seem to get to his position quick enough, and he looks like he gets beat around the end all the time. So if there's well, a speed the rusher, thing. even a linebacker, they, he, they can get around him like he's non-existent. He just seems well, if like you're a tackle, If you're yeah. a tackle, isn't that the biggest problem with playing tackle? And the, the most important 100%. thing is your first step? 100%. And he looks, like, he looks like he almost trips over himself half the time when he gets beat back there. Yeah. If you watch yeah. him, he... As he's getting beat, he gets beat right on his left shoulder, you know? Yeah. And you can tell, like, now, right away that he's done. Now, like I said, Ajay, he obviously was not able to do anything in that game, couldn't get in any kind of rhythm. Don't blame it all on him at all. I mean, it, he there was nothing there. So what, where is that line? I mean, there was no holes at all, at all. Yeah, I saw that. I know. I know that the whole the offensive line as a group. I mean, has a failing grade by far yesterday. They played yeah, by far. But now, the, listen, the Jets. Listen, they're not a powerhouse by any stretch. We know that they're one of the yeah. worst teams in the league. But they have always been strong uh, up front, but not this strong. So there's a problem no. there. Why were they so problem. dominant? Why were they so because, dominant on that line? Because we were inept. Now. Bushrod, Pouncey. I mean, I have some other theories which I'll get into as the show progresses. But Bushrod, Pouncey, even Juwani James, who I really liked rookie year, seems to be digressing. Oh, he's been terrible. If you look at it, if you look the last, you know, between the end of last year and the beginning of this year, he seems yeah. to be making more and more mistakes and getting beat all the time. Yeah, he does, and I don't know what the reason is for that, but, you know, there I've seen a lot of pressure up the middle, too. Pouncey didn't really have a great game. It's not like they, you know, were, were, like, fluttering in and tackling them, but certainly, you know, there was a big push well, in there. I don't, think, I don't think anybody on the offensive line had a good game. You know? All across the but board, right? What I saw personally, well, across the board, but I, I didn't see anyone else, like, with a blatant – you know, getting beat, like I said, like I, what I witnessed, you know, I, I can't watch that game for a second time, but what I witnessed, I saw Tunzo and James get beaten on a couple of plays. So both, both, you know, both I, sides, I, yeah. you're saying? Both, I, yeah, I both corners. See, yeah, I, well, I saw, yeah, I saw both of those tackles getting beat up. I, I did not see anybody in the middle. I mean, it's hard to see when, you know, the seats that we had. We're in the front row and in an end zone. It's very difficult to see that, you know, you know, up the middle sometimes. Block. Did you see... Did you see anything like uh, when you when you were watching the, the the field open up? Let's say from a running perspective, did you see anything from your perspective that there was holes and say a Jahi or whatnot was not going the right way, or he was not taking advantage of it, or you just seen what, what, nothing there? What I there? saw was I, I saw that he like. Um, he didn't go to the initial hole that was he was supposed to run into. He was uh, uh, bouncing out to the outside a little bit too much, and that's why he was losing two yards. Remember how many like you know how, how many first and tens they would run the ball and there would be second and twelve. Like I yeah. saw him not hitting the initial hole for some reason and just trying so to bounce it outside that... and getting tackled you... out. No, I'm okay. not saying there was a hole there, but he wasn't going through it. You know. Well, what if he you know, hit he the hole that he was supposed to hit? Was he doing well, that because there was nothing there? It, it would have been. It probably would. Have, yeah, probably because there would have been no gain, or maybe a gain of one. He was losing too by bouncing outside. I, I got you. So you know, it's I saw like that hesitation in the backfield. You know, he wasn't. You know, he wasn't really running straight ahead. He was running. You know, you know, laterally and and just you know getting beat for two. So that's a lose lose situation. And I mean, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying there. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I kind of saw the same thing. And, and, you know, it's it's frustrating because I think more than anything else, the game plan was to get a Jahi running and to just start being a power team. I mean, if you can run the ball, power run the ball, then Jay Cutler would have been very effective. But they weren't even close to being able to do that. Not even close. Well, what I noticed also, too, and, I, and it was the first week also, it was how – ridiculously conservative they were in the first half again. You know, I don't even – they weren't trying to open the game up in the first half at all. They tried to open it up in the second half after they were behind the eight ball, and I think there yeah. was some big desperation pass. I mean, there was a couple – remember that the one play, they were third and three, and they went yeah. bombs away, and they basically threw it out of bounds? How about getting the first down there? Yeah, no doubt about that. 
Yeah, and Adam Gase. Had, I, I just, Adam Gase, I, think, I think the play calling was just ridiculous. You know, yeah. that's Gase. Adam Gase had addressed that as well. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll continue this conversation right back after this. Hi, this is Dick Anderson with the 1972 Perfect Season Miami Dolphins. We're listening to the Pat Catella Show. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show, sponsored by Don Nottingham Associate Insurance. Don Nottingham formed Don Nottingham Associates Insurance while playing for the Miami Dolphins in 1975. Don recognized the need to prepare for life after football. For all your insurance needs, call 352-307-6736 or visit him at www.donnottinghamins.com. And now back to your Miami Dolphins legend show with your host, Pat Catello. Miami Dolphins Legends Show. I'm your host, Pat Catello, and I'm joined alongside Rich Van Zant as the Miami Dolphins lose 20-6 to in their second game, uh, taking their record to 1-1 one and one now. And, uh, Rich, what looks like, in my opinion, it's one of those years in the NFL. I can see it already as it's shaking out. It's the kind of year where any team can beat any team this year. The parity has gotten stronger. The um, the, I'm not going to say the product, but you know the 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 teams themselves all seem like there, there's nobody playing exceptional football right now. And I think when you look at week, which is week three or across the league, uh, our week two, um, you see not just the Dolphins lay an egg. You've seen a lot of teams lay an egg that you you were you have to be shocked with. Of course, like the the, the Raiders come to mind. How you know they were just dominated. Uh, against Washington. Now, is Washington that good? I don't think so. I think they're okay. But I I think that it's the kind of year where you're going to see – I mean, the Ravens go to London. They get demolished by the Jaguars. Are the Jaguars that good? I don't think so. They're good. I told you they were going to be one of the up-and-coming teams. But they're not, you know, 40 points better than the Ravens. You know, I just think it's one of those years where the the, the Broncos, they go in and they get upset by the Buffalo Bills, right? I mean, it's just it's it's kind of weird how it's all shaken out. I think it's, you know, it's going to be one of those things. And you said it best. And even as all these teams go down, the Patriots still find a way to win in the last seconds, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so that, that never changes, right? Nope, it sure don't. Um, you know, you got your week one loss, but, you know, they're they, listen, they're not the dominant team that they were, but you we both know week 10 they can start getting real hot. So, you know, the Dolphins right now have to focus on themselves. They have more problems than the standings in the, in, in the division. They're not playing good football right now. They looked really, really uh, just out of sync against the, the New York Jets in week two. Um, can it turn around? Yeah, I don't see why not. The talent is there, but the problems that we spoke of, and I'm staying on offense right now, uh, in my mind is still that offensive line, and now you have a quarterback question because you have a quarterback that does not seem comfortable in that offense. He does not seem comfortable, and his arm strength doesn't seem good, and he's very, very inaccurate. Can't argue with any of that, and let's you know, let, let's address the tight end position while we're at it. <laughs> I mean, you know, that was the big two of the off season getting this Thomas guy, huh? Yeah. How's that working out? 
Well, I watched I the two I got two things to say on that. I watched him specifically uh, the entire game. I seen him miss a lot of run blocks and really uh, nothing there as far as pass catching. And the second move you made was Anthony Fasano because he was supposed to be such a great blocking tight end now. Uh, which he never which was. I never heard that when we had him the first time. Right. right. Did you ever hear, and, well, Fasano's in there to block? I never heard that no. before when we had him. I, I didn't. <laughs> week week one, I don't even think he suited up. And he was there, you know, for his homecoming yesterday, but really did nothing. So, yeah, the tight ends were not weapons at all uh, in, that, in this offense. So, um, no. Uh, again, I, I don't know the reason why, but then it goes back to what you said. You know, Adam Gase, this is supposed to be his thing. And he was outspoken after week one and felt that he was much too conservative in his game plan and blamed himself for costing the team. And it seemed like he was more conservative in week two. But again, that might be just Jay Cutler. This team was not ready to play in this game at all. And I don't know what they do in practice all week, but this team was not ready to play. And you have to blame the coaching staff for that. This team was not ready to go. They looked ridiculous, right? I mean, they looked like they just showed up for the game, and that was it. It was a very hot day, and the Miami Dolphins looked like they were the team that does not is not used to that kind of weather, which is very ironic. They really were affected by the heat. I don't know if it was because you had to fly to L.A. and then come on back across the country and go to New York and the hurricane and all that catching up. I, I don't know. Maybe that was somewhat of a factor. But there's no doubt this team was not ready to go. And they were well, having uh, – If that's the case, we're in a lot of trouble because they got to fly a little well, bit further this week. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, you have uh, obviously the London game. Um, coming up, so now you know. Well, we said this, and this goes back to my point too. Now having no buy, I, I think this is gonna this is gonna catch up to you as well. But now you're you're, you're heading out to well, London. Well, the buy was even scheduled for after the after the London no. trip. What the no, hell is that all late. about? Yeah, it was it was later than that. Everybody gets yeah, a buy no, after that. No rhyme or reason to this at, at all. Um, you know the well, you know what they're trying sense. to do. Because they're trying to, because their their plan is to have a team there eventually, and they yeah. don't want to make an excuse that you need a buy after right. that. So That's they're trying correct. to justify the London trip. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think they're making it. They don't want to make that an automatic buy because you're right. They want people to be able to go there and come back like they're going to Seattle and coming back like it's not a big thing. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe getting out of the United States helps matters for them. You know, I, I don't know. Going to a neutral field. Maybe that's, you know, something that that, that they will play better at. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not expecting it. I mean, I think that the Saints are not a great team by any stretch. They're offensive-minded. We just played one of the worst teams in the league and got killed. You would think they're one of the worst teams in the league, yeah. You would think they are. Um, but I'm only looking at the Jets from a defensive standpoint because that's where the Miami Dolphins seem to struggle the most. Is on the defensive standpoint. I think, I mean, uh, on you know, on their offense and the Jets' defense. I think that if the Dolphins well, were able to move the ball, put some though. points on the board. Yeah, well, let's be honest, though. I mean, in all seriousness, in the first half, you know, we didn't score, obviously. But, you know, the Jets had the time of possession was ridiculous. They abused our defense. They didn't score points. But, boy, oh, boy, they, they had the ball almost all the time. Yeah, they did. But I think that it could be – a combination of things. I think that they could have started getting really tired and the ineptness of the offense kept them on the field and, you know, was, was breaking down. Don't forget, it was a 0-0 game for a long, long time. It was a Jets missed a chip shot field goal in the beginning. Yeah, okay. Could have been 3 nothing, but it was still a 0-0 game. I, I understand that, was... but still the Jets had the ball. They had a lot of big plays. They shot themselves in the foot, you know? Not not to score, not to be able to score, but they, well, look at all you know, the they dominated the time of possession. Yeah, yeah. a lot of that look was. At, yeah, yeah. Look at look at all the penalties too, though. You had, I mean, yeah. there was was there three full starts in a row. One of them I no, think turned out to be. A, we got two, uh, and then uh, the Jets went off. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which you know, I mean, that alone is just uh, <laughs> it's pretty rough, right? When you when That's you look terrible. at that. <laughs> Hey, I mean that's 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 discipline problems. And uh, you know, and you know? again, you know, 
they the Dolphins, you know, do this all the time. You know, this organization, you know, never fixes problems that are, you know, obvious to everyone, but they create problems where they don't exist. And getting rid of our punter, who was, you know, was an up-and-coming two years in the league, and he was getting better and better, we have to let him get beat out by this rookie. This guy looks inept. Yeah, and I don't even know if you'd say beat out, right? I mean, I don't think he was. I think well, that's what they claim. They, they claim he got beat out in training camp. I mean, yeah, I think he got beat I, out. When I they don't understand how you're, a, how you're on a team for two years and you get beat out by a rookie by doing nothing bad. Because uh, I, that I think I it basically understand. comes down to being beat out by your salary. I think that's your what you're beat out yeah. by. I, I, I guess would think. So. I don't know what other reason yeah. it would be. You know, well, I don't know Dar's entire contract situation and if he was and how much up, could he be making? Agent. I mean, it's got to be ridiculous. How much could he be making? You know, I have to think that that's the issue, though. What else yeah. could it be? It can't be because, like you said, I mean, this guy did not do anything, you know, to warrant him taking over the punting position that strongly over Matt Dar. I, that I saw. I mean, I watched the preseason. From what I've there seen was, so far, this guy's terrible. Well, he certainly yeah, had a he terrible game. He knocked off the side of his foot for 18 yards last week. This week, I mean, his his kicks. I mean, he doesn't. He you can't pin him in inside the 20 at all. He's knocking him into the end zone when he should be pinning him. And then the other the other ones are just short and like you know like wobbly kicks right to the guy. Yeah, he did the same thing. Um, you know, uh, and you know you have to wonder. You know, is this is this the norm for him? Or did he have a bad game? I mean, is he just repeating what he does? And the I same thing with the same thing was done in your kicker. You know, as as they get rid of Franks and then they do Parky, and we said, hey, what, what's this all about? And I don't know. I mean, obviously that looked like a great move week one with Parky coming in for a, you know a fifty three yarder to win the game. Uh, but he looked he looked pretty off. There, I mean, we've seen a lot of. You know, he was missing a lot in warm-ups, I think, and then he misses an extra point at the end. That's never a good sign. Never a good sign if he's no, missing an no, extra point. Did you see? Did you see that uh, for the Eagles that uh, that our our X guys hurt uh, Sturgis. Sturgis, yeah. What's the deal with him? I know he's gone now. What, and then that guy came in and hit the sixty-one yard. Well, he's no, he's not gone. He's 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 just. Week to week, he, he I pulled a groin or something. So they find a rookie and he had a sixty-one yarder to win the game. Yeah. So what's going to happen there now? They have. Uh, they, gonna, oh, I don't yeah. think they're going to get rid of Sturgis. I mean, for one kick, do you? Well, I don't know. I've never been the biggest Sturgis fan. I know he's a uh, high. Nobody made the Pro Bowl now, right? last year, Pat. I mean, you know, you're yeah. not going to get rid of a Pro Bowl kicker for one oh. kick, you know? Oh no. But oh, you're no. probably going to have trade bait. You're going to have trade bait for somebody, right? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be so sure in this day and age. Kickers, first of all, they don't they don't put kickers on that kind of a plane anyway. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I really wouldn't be surprised. You ride the hot hand. I mean, you know, we've had guys that, you know, were so-called Pro Bowl kickers, and, you know, a lot of times you, you wouldn't bat an eye if they were going, you know. So it's, yeah. it's a strange thing. I'm not saying that Sturgis is going to be, you know, gone, but, I you know, I wouldn't be shocked because he was a pro bowler and he's making all this money. I mean, you ride the hot hand. Somebody comes into into the vet. I think he's a hometown guy, too. Um, you know, goes in there and, uh, you know, hits a 61-yarder to win the game against, you know, their number one, I guess. Isn't that their number one rival, the Giants? Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, that's going to carry some weight. <laughs> You're not going to be so inclined to, to say bye-bye to this guy, you know. So that should be interesting. Um, it, again, I go back on it. It's a strange, strange league this year. This is a weird one, man. It really is a strange one. And I was looking now. They go out to London. And am I correct? Is this a 930 start? Yes. Yeah. It is, right? This is the early morning For start again? it is. Yes. For us, it is. So, this is 9.30, but you know what, I was thinking about it, because it was actually listening well, to no, Central no. Time. We should have to wake up, Wayne. We should have to, like, alter our plans for Sunday, you know, so that the people in London can watch a 1 o'clock game. I mean, that's the way it should be, you know? Because, you know, we haven't been following this team for 50 years, you know? But we should have to alter yeah. our Sunday, you know, to you know to make Roger Goodell and the people in London happy. Is that a crock? Is that, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, who in God's name can watch football from nine in the morning until midnight? Well, you're it's basically impossible. saying 
you're basically saying that, and I think you're correct, you're saying that they're doing this because they want a team there, and they don't want to be fluctuating times. They want to have a 1 o'clock start, just like they do in the exactly. United States. So right, they, of you course. Know, it is what it is. But that being said, though, I mean, I was thinking about this. It's it's 8.30 Central Time. You live on the West Coast. What, do you have a 6.30 start? Yeah. Yes, sir. It's 6.30 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> You're setting the alarm from 5.45 to watch the, the, the football game? It's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Is that right? I mean, who are you pandering to here? They don't even like the sport. If you interview people who lived in London, they don't even like it. It's like it's like when they try to jam soccer down our throats. It's not going to happen. It, it's ridiculous. The whole thing just stinks to high heaven. And it's just making it's making certain owners rich and certain commissioners rich. And it's just God. This league is just so aggravating, you know. And, and I tell you, the nonsense they pulled yesterday turned off a lot of people. Well, hold your point on that. You're, you're jumping the gun there. We're going to take our last break, and we're going to come back. It's obviously, it was a very, very controversial week in the NFL. I have a lot of theories as well on it. I don't like to, you know, get political, obviously, on on the show. Um, but, you know, in a certain case like this, obviously, this is now an NFL issue that has, has crossed the uh, the line. So there's there's really no other way around that. So i take a quick break, and then uh, we'll let the, uh, the tiger out of the cage and uh, discuss – uh, the week's ongoing uh, events that led up to the uh, national anthem controversy right after this. Hi, this is former Miami Dolphin Jim Crash Jensen, and you're listening to the Pat Catella Legend Show. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Legends Show, sponsored by Iberia Tiles, with locations from Georgia to South Florida. Iberia Tiles offers over 3,000 products and complete peace of mind. From tiles, molasses, and stone to wood flooring, Iberia has the solution no matter what the size of your project. Visit IberiaTiles.com. That's I-B-E-R-I-A. And ask for Dave or call direct at 404-409-0746. And Fanatics.com. If you love the Miami Dolphins, then you need to visit Fanatics.com. Once again, that's Finn, P-H-I-N. And now back to your Miami Dolphins Legends show with your host, Pat Catello. Miami Dolphins get out of the New York groove. Welcome back to the Miami Dolphins Legends Show. Pat Catello joins alongside Rich Van Zandt. And as we had uh, discussed uh, coming in, uh, you don't want to get too political on the show. Obviously, there's some major tension and, and, and issues going around the uh, the entire nation and, and, and the world, for that matter. Um, this week, uh, it, it certainly uh, hit ahead, if you will, and. Uh, there was both solidarity towards President Trump's comments, and then there was certainly uh, um, 
people speaking out against it and uh, opposition towards it, as uh, you've seen many people kneeling. Of course, the Miami Dolphins seem like they are always the team in the center of it. Even if they don't start it, they seem like they take pick up the torch and they run with it. And uh, owner Stephen Ross's comments, um, you know, were the first ones out of the gate after Trump. And uh, I have a theory on it too, Rich. I think that if you look around the league, uh, a lot of the teams that did not play well were the ones that focused, in my opinion, on the uh, opposition towards you know the movement. Pretty and, much so. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely, and, you're absolutely so, yeah, correct with that. The Steelers, the Raiders, the Dolphins, just to name a few, seemed like they were really yep. affected. And I think that the Miami Dolphins organization and a lot of their players may have been focusing on the wrong thing. We've seen this happen last year when it first started. Yep. Kenny Stills doing it and then dropping the big pass in Seattle. But it seemed like they were you know, more focused on that than anything else. Now, this is a, a major, major issue that's, that's going around the league. It, it's divided uh, obviously with players, it's divided with coaches, it's divided with owners, and it's divided in the broadcast booth, you know, you've seen. Um, but for the most part, the broadcast booth seems to be basically catering towards, you know, the players and, and, and everything that's well, going they're, on they're there. Well, they're catering. You know, most of the, you know, the, the broadcasts are owned by liberal companies who are going to toe the liberal line and, and agree with the players. You know, the, yeah. the anti-American, anti-anthem, you know, mantra that's going around. And because Trump came out and said it, you know, it's even more going to be like that. They're really gonna, Of course they're going to be against it, no matter what he says. But, you know, the bottom line is, A, what do they want? Nobody knows. B, whatever you want, disrespecting this country that has given you this opportunity to play and make up to, up to millions of dollars to play a game, and disrespecting the flag is an absolute disgrace. There is absolutely no reason on earth to kneel for the national anthem. I don't care what your problem is. You do not kneel for the national anthem. And look, it, you know, there was a few teams that they all did it. But, you know, the ones that are locking arms and putting the arms on guys who are kneeling, but you're standing, I don't think that makes it any better. You know, well, we have our owner locking arms with these guys yesterday and denouncing it. What are you denouncing that the president said? That it's a disgrace to kneel and, and, and disparage the American flag? You're against that, Russ? Is that what you're against? What are you against, Russ? What are you against that President Trump said? Okay, you made your, your point. You, you've certainly put that out there, and, uh, and that's fair. Um, there's a couple things that come to mind. All right, the first thing is, I don't think that this is the same movement that Colin Kaepernick started. Uh, and, and let me go, you know, before you interrupt me. Now, I, I he started out um, with a, uh, the, I think, the Black Lives Matter movement. Was of course, that's what it is. Now, yes. this has now transpired into anti-Trump. It's become an anti-Trump movement now. Since and Friday, I, yes, since Friday, absolutely. So, so, so it's not even the same thing that Kaepernick started. It's now yeah, they're fighting for diversity. What's, what does diversity and, have to do with kneeling for the flag? Now, you had told me <laughs> that you know there was a couple owners that you said you know primarily you'd never see it on Pittsburgh Steelers. They they wound up doing the worst. They disappeared and didn't even come out of the tunnel. I never would have yeah, expected one, that. One villain the way came out. And yeah, stood because he's an ex-Army Ranger. And he also, he sure you know did. what happened? Overnight, yeah, his jersey is the number one selling jersey in the country. Yeah, but so maybe that should wake up everyone. You know, I also heard that there was a, uh, it wasn't as, as uh, smooth as you, you may have heard. I heard that there was some dissension in the locker room, and there may yeah, have even um, been Lachlan, an argument with Lachlan Tom. Roethlisberger said that he couldn't sleep last night. He said he made a big mistake by not coming out for the anthem. Roethlisberger said he's sick to his stomach. Well, he not said just he was that, trying to do that. it for team. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are, like, not happy about that they didn't come out for the anthem. Yeah, and they said Tomlin had a lot to do with it. Supposedly Tomlin and Villanueva kind of had something. And they didn't really? want him to come out for it is what I'm hearing now. So well, I you're think not going to stop an ex-Army Ranger from coming out, yeah. So, you know, well, I think the there's more to this story course. than we know. Now, I, yeah. now you know, it's very interesting because Jerry Jones has come out staunch, staunch, guns are blazing. With with yep. his comment, and I don't know if, if you've you've seen it, but there's you know no owner, 
no owner has come out as fiercely as Jerry Jones has on this whole issue. Now, Kraft, as you know, hedged his bet. He was, you know, close with Trump. He completely turned, um, and, and, and he's went, you know, uh, uh, completely against it and, you know, has said that, uh, you know, he basically, you know, they, they, they're just basically going against, we, you know. We knew, what what the, we knew what Kraft was before, okay. the, before any of this. Whatever. Okay, fair enough. But li- listen to what Jerry Jones has said, and then I'm going to make a quick comment on it. This is Jerry Jones's quote. You are all simply paid performers on a stage, and that field is my stage. You will stand with your hand over your heart and with respect. When our country's national anthem is being played, or you will no longer be a Dallas Cowboy, a coach for the Dallas Cowboys, or have any association with the Dallas Cowboy organization, I will immediately fire you, no matter who you are. Jerry Jones, owner of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, now, and, you know, now, 100% correct. Okay, now there's one thing that – now he's really putting himself out there because if you think about it, let's say one of his key players, and he's got some superstars, one of his key players decides to do this, he has to get rid of them. And that includes even if it's, you know, uh, starting quarterback, anybody. If they decide to yep. do that, right? So he's really putting himself on the line here because, he's, you know, he's, he's jeopardizing – his team, because if one guy does that, but I think he's obviously thought that out, and he realizes that, so he's well, basically. I, I think that he he had a discussion with him and explained to him the ramifications of doing it, and you will not do this, you know. And that oh, would be sure over like a left moon in Dallas. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure so, he has. But I let's, mean, let's... and you know what? If that was the rule from day one, if if their commissioner wasn't a weakling, and if these other owners weren't weaklings, this stuff would have been stopped before it started. But yeah, well, give them an inch, they take a mile. Well, did you know that there actually is a rule on the books, and I've seen it? There was a discussion the other day, and it says how you're supposed to act when the national anthem is played. And if you don't, it. it says that you're, you're subject to being fined or suspended. So it is actually on the books. There is a rule yeah. addressing how you're supposed to act. I guess they just don't use it, and they haven't uh, you know, done anything with it. So you know, I think that the league right now... People are making it that the league is in real trouble and it's dead, and people are boycotting. Listen, we've been down this road before. They're they're not. It's not at their peak right now, and there are problems here. And I don't know how you're going to resolve them now because it's gotten so out of control. So I I don't know how you. They're they're really pissing a lot of people off. But there's also a lot of people that are on this movement, so it's working both ways. There, it's both ways. The majority of the fans are not on this movement. The majority of the fans. Do you you see anybody in the stands sitting there? No. No, I haven't seen it trickle in. There you go. That should tell you something right there. If the the fans were into it, the fans would sit down too. Okay? They they, they were booing these guys sitting down. The reason I didn't boo is because he was 150 yards away from me. But here's the thing, though. I mean, this has gone on. Now. I, I know there was people sitting in the stands at, like, at the Charlotte concert. There was a lot of people that have picked up the movement in the stands there. But it's a different thing than the NFL, right? Because I think a lot of people thing. see. Night and day. People... What, what's, what's a Charlotte concert? What's that? What are you talking about? They just had that celebrity concert for, for mm-hmm. Charlottesville. For Charlottesville, and uh, Stevie yeah, okay. Wonder kneeled, and Dave Matthews kneeled, and all, a lot of people well, in the who, stands who you're were kneeling. About. Look who you're talking about. Look at that ilk. It's a totally different human being. Who? The people that would attend that and the people who were in an NFL game are totally different people. I would expect well, I them know. to kneel at that. Well, why would you say you that? Said the, you said the C word, the celebrity word. What do you think they're going to do? No, I understand that, but that's uh, – yeah, I got that. But they're not celebrities in the audience. It's a, it's a benefit concert for Virginia. Yeah, but they're going to see those celebrities, the same kind of people that are going to kneel. Yeah, I don't know, man. You got, I don't know if you can lump everybody into that. It's it's a benefit concert for the, for Virginia and for you know the atrocities that are done there. I don't know if you can and most uh, of the lump everybody into yeah, that. Yeah, again, yeah, that's. But you're getting that you're getting that kind of person there that is going to kneel for the national anthem that would do that anyway. 
Mm, again, I didn't say everybody did it. There was people it trickled in there. I think you're really stereotyping everybody that, that lives in Virginia there. I think you're wrong. I think there's plenty of people that were there, you know, that are, are not necessarily, you know, with this movement or, or in, in that uh, mindset. I think there was people there that were supporting their, their hometown, their home state, uh, supporting what, you know, the travesties that went on there. So I, I don't think you can lump it all in. And what I'm saying is that it has trickled over in that respect there. I can't tell you if there's been uh, incidents in the stands around the, the league. I, I don't know. I didn't see it. I wasn't there. I can't tell you if people in Seattle were taking knees. I don't know. But I do know that this whole thing is starting to really... Uh, Tony Dungy said he's never seen the league more unified. I think it's more divided. He said it, he's never seen the league more unified since the 1982 players' strike. First of all, I think the 1982 player strike was a disaster for them. Yeah, it and was. Second, and second of all, I don't see them unified at all. In 19, uh, uh, well, actually, 1987 was the bad strike for them, right? That was the worst. Because in 1987, you had everybody crossing the picket line, and then, and then you had guys that, if they didn't settle then... They were. It was going to be a complete disaster because I think even like Montana and that were coming out. So well, how about yesterday? You know, right? Let's 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 focus on our 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 guys yesterday who knelt. Again, it's the non-endorsement guys. It's Kenny yeah, Stills, Tunzel, Michael Thomas, and uh, and and our lovely new tight end Thomas. Yes, but Dude, I think Thomas. Jay Ajayi as well, though. It's starting to get to more star players. It's getting close now. Jay Ajayi, I believe, was kneeling as well. I didn't see him. I, I saw four I didn't guys. See him either, but I didn't see him either, shot. but I didn't see him. He was out of the shot. He was completely all the way to the left. I did not physically see him either. I seen a little point of his head, and uh, my, all the reports today are telling me that he was one of the guys. I cannot confirm yeah, I, I, that. I, I didn't see that, and I didn't read that, so but that's new to me if that's the case. But your point, and you've been saying this for a while, is that it really comes down to endorsements and money, and I agree with you. Yeah, they have you know, something to lose, they're not going to do it. That's my point. Yes, but I'm seeing bigger names now starting to do it, but this is a little different because now it's like a mass thing. It's not singling out. When Callan Kaepernick right. did it and the four Dolphins, you were really on an island. This time around, you had more support. But, you know, um, you know what? I really would have loved to see what would have happened if, uh, if, if Fisher was still in the league. Because if you remember, Jeff Fisher, two, three years ago, before any of this even started, was so big on the national anthem. His number one rule, right? How are you supposed to stand with the helmet? Well, none of the Rams knocking? did it last year. Before he got fired, the Rams didn't do it. I know. That's what I'm saying. I really would have loved to see what would have happened yeah. now. Because he was one well, of those see guys. Today. I mean, the Cowboys, Cowboys are playing tonight. Let's see what happens there. Uh, I didn't even think of that. I mean, we're both pretty confident that we know what's going to happen, and that's nothing. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to do it. I don't think they're crazy enough because they're going to no, be I out agree. of a job. Yeah, I agree. You know? But it's really going to be interesting to see. No, you're you're right. I, I don't think anybody's going to do it either, but this is going to be something yep. just to, to check that out, you know. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's in regardless of what – I think there's a lot of people who feel like these these men are extremely privileged, paid millions of dollars, and, uh, you know, they the average everyday guy, uh, you know, thinks that, you know, they're really being spoiled in a sense. But my biggest point is – I don't even know what they're protesting anymore. Like I said, I think what Colin Kaepernick sat, sat down for is completely different than what's going on now. So How about you, this? Have a movement, I, don't, I don't think, you need to I don't think they know what they're protesting. Maybe not, and I think that's the problem. I mean, you know, you, you, when you have a protest, you know, everybody you know knew what, what Woodstock there's was no about. Reason, you got a problem. There's no reason to, to do what they're doing. They could, they have a forum. They could talk all week long about this stuff. But how they're going about it is 100% disrespectful. I mean, these are guys who probably didn't pay for anything in their entire lives. Went to school for free. Now they're in the NFL. What do they have to complain about? I mean, give me a break. And, when, and as I said, the way this started was it was an anti-cop thing. So you really want to go down that path, guys? Really? Well, 
again, I don't think it, it necessarily is defined anymore. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. You're, you're kind of taking some leaps and bounds, uh, you know. About no, that's what it is. I'm not making and, that up. That's where it came from. Yeah, you know? but you're you're kind of you know taking leaps and bounds as to who everybody is and they come from not paying for you know I mean we don't know that I mean we have to take it at face value. Can't One of the guys in the NFL else. didn't get an athletic scholarship. Listen, I, I'm not saying one did or one didn't, but you don't know everybody's background. I don't think you can fairly put that to everybody in there. But what I think you okay, can how many guys you think played in the NFL didn't get a full ride in college? In college? Yeah, how many guys do you think that are in the NFL who didn't get a full ride? What's the percentage? Maybe two? I think it's extremely low. Yeah, I think it's yeah, extremely that's what low. My point is that they but got college, th- now they're in the NFL, and they're still complaining. But I think there are guys. I mean, I could point out guys. Chris Hogan just jumps to mind. I bet he didn't have a full ride. You know, there's guys that worked their way up. Yeah, he had a, he had a, he had a lacrosse scholarship. Listen, I, I mean, you're, you're pulling hairs now. Now you're bringing the lacrosse scholarship into it. That's one guy. I'm not, I didn't bring up Chris Hogan. around the league. I know, but I'm saying it's a lacrosse scholarship. You think a lacrosse scholarship is like paying bells and whistles? I'm sure he got a lacrosse scholarship, but I don't think he was like, you know, that's one guy I picked. I'm sure there's guys in the league who had a hard road in there. I don't think you can lump everybody in. I I think you're kind of straying away. Yeah, I think that people do look at them as privileged guys. One thing I will say before we go, let me say this. I think it's a lot different when you do whatever you do in the United States. We're playing a lot of games over in London, and I think that speaks more volumes when you're out of the country and do it. Well, I think it's a disgrace what they did yesterday there. They all knelt down, but they stood up for God save the Queen. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's a very tough situation here, you know. And, again, I come down to um, I, I, I need to know what it exactly is about. Yeah, isn't that funny that we're like, talking about that now? Isn't that, isn't, that, isn't that ironic that they don't even talk about what it's about anymore? Because I think it's become it's basically, now. It's a basically, it's a anti, cause basically now it's an anti-President Trump thing. That's what it is. They basically converted it into that because I don't think the first thing was move, was was working, and now it, it's basically become rhetoric for uh, anti-Trump, you know. And yep. regardless of where you feel one way or another, um, you know, I think people pay a lot of money. Uh, you know, and this league makes a lot of money, and uh, a lot of times you want to go there, you know, to just uh, take three hours out of your day to relieve your mind of everything else and just have entertainment and enjoyment, and it's become, you know, a whole process now, and let's not forget, you know, our country right now is on the verge of, you know, war with other countries. It's, It's a very volatile time. In the United States, so it's yeah, just, and, you know, and just, look, you know, and just look at us. We're the first ones out of the gate with with our weakling owner, you know, who who allowed them to kneel on nine eleven last year. Remember that he condoned that too. He's a guy, he's a developer from New York, and he he allowed four of his players to kneel on nine eleven and did nothing to them. Okay, so that's where he stands. But he locked arms with them yesterday, all proud and everything, and then they laid the biggest stink bomb of the year. So maybe. Mr. Ross, instead of worrying about going to London and locking arms with the players, maybe you should try building a winning team one of these days, you know? Because all you've done since you own the team is disgrace this 50-year franchise. You've been the worst owner we've ever had, by far. Between your your stupid freaking personnel decisions, who's running the team, Mike Tannenbaum, why wouldn't let run a lemonade stand in the desert, okay, to do anything else? And, you know, you're up there front and center locking arms after you disgraced 9-11 last year, where you should be ashamed of yourself that you're from New York and you're a New York developer. You should be absolutely ashamed of yourself. And, you know, I can't – this guy makes me sick. There you go. How's that for the end of the show? All right, Van Zant. In uh, 10 years, 11 yes. years on the air, you finally got your moment in the sun. Uh, I'm not going to rebuttal on that. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next week on the Miami Dolphins Legends Show. Took a look down a westbound road Right away I made my choice Headed out to my big two-wheeler I was tired of my own boy 
Took a beat on the northern plains and just roll that power on. Twelve hours out of Mackinac City, stopped in a bar to have a booze. Met a girl and we had a few drinks and I told her what I decided to do. She looked out the window a long, long moment and she looked into my eyes. She didn't have to say a thing. Walked out and got all 